بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم سورت الجن سورت الجن از اے مکی سورہ اینڈ ان دس سورہ بیسکلی ا نیریٹو آف دا جن دیئر انکاؤنٹر وتھ دا قرآن دیئر ہیئرنگ دا ریسیٹیشن آف دا قرآن دیئر انالیسز آف اٹ وٹ دے تھاٹ اباؤٹ دا قرآن اینڈ دین ہاؤ دے کنویڈ دا میسج آف دا قرآن ٹو دیئر پیپل سو دا پروفٹ صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم از انفارمڈ about in the surah he is instructed to qul to tell people about this so basically it is as if we are being given a lesson through the jinn that how when the jinn learned the quran when they heard the quran and how the quran transformed them how it changed their thinking and made them so confident and made them so bold and made them so steadfast upon the truth The Prophet ﷺ was instructed to tell people about the way of the jinn, about how the jinn responded to the Qur'an. Because in this is a great learning for all of us. Now, before we begin the surah, the question is, who are jinn? We see that in every culture, in every religion, in every people, no matter what part of the world you go to, there is some idea, some concept of you know, some creation or some existence that is beyond our vision, whom we cannot see, whom we cannot directly interact with, but they definitely exist, right? So this is something that is common. And we have been taught that there is a creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that lives upon this earth, and that creation is hidden from us, and that creation is called the jinn. So who are the jinn? We see that the jinn are mentioned in the Qur'an. They are mentioned in the sunnah. And this means that if we believe in the Qur'an and if we believe in the sunnah, we must also believe in the existence of the jinn. Because denying their existence would be denying a part of the Qur'an. It would be denying part of the sunnah. And remember that jinn are jinn. Some have said that jinn, you know, just refers to bacteria or something else that's hidden from us. It's there, it's latent, we don't know what it is. And they have interpreted it in different ways. Jinn are jinn. And just because we cannot see them does not mean that they do not exist. We learned that even our spirit, our ruh, our soul, it exists, doesn't it? But can we touch it? Can we trap it? No, we can't. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Qur'an, يَسْأَلُونَكَ عَنِ الرُّوحِ قُلِ الرُّوحُ مِنْ أَمْرِ رَبِّي وَمَا أُوْتِيتُمْ مِنَ الْعِلْمِ إِلَّا قَلِيلًا People ask you about the spirit, tell them that this is by the command of my Lord, and you have not been given of knowledge except very little. So, jinn are jinn. They exist, they are a creation of Allah. And if you look at the word jinn, it's from the root letters jim nun nun, jannah, which literally is used for something that is hidden. Janin is used for the fetus because it's there, but it's hidden in the womb of the mother. So, jinn is called jinn. Why? Because they exist, but they are hidden from us. And since they are hidden from us, the only way we can learn about the reality of jinn is from where? From the Qur'an and Sunnah. Right? Because there is no way that we can see the jinn or we can touch them or trap them and things like that. So the only way we can learn about the reality of jinn is how? From the Qur'an 
and sunnah. The jinn are a creation of Allah and we learn in the Qur'an that they have been created from fire. Even from the sunnah we learn that the jinn have been created from fire. And why were they created? Why were the jinn created? What is the purpose of their existence? To worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What's the proof of that? Surah Al-Zariyat. وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسِ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ I have not created the jinn and men except that they should worship me. So the same ayah that tells us about the purpose of our existence also tells us about the purpose of the existence of the jinn, which is to worship Allah. And if they are required to worship Allah, what does that mean? That they are intelligent beings. Intelligent beings who will be held accountable in the hereafter for what they have done, just as people will be held accountable on the Day of Judgment for what they have done. Just as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent guidance to mankind, He also sent guidance to the jinn. In fact, the Prophet ﷺ was a messenger sent to who? Al-Alameen. وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَاكَ إِلَّا رَحْمَةً لِلْعَالَمِينَ And this includes the jinn also. And we see that in the Qur'an, jinn are also addressed. Which means that the Qur'an is also for them. Can you think of an ayah, any place in the Qur'an where the jinn are directly addressed? Pardon? يَا مَعْشَرَ الْجِنِّ وَالْإِنسِ إِنِ اسْتَطَعْتُمْ O assembly of jinn and men, if you are able right, to do such and such, then go ahead and try. Any other verse? فَبِأَيِّ آلَاءِ رَبِّكُمَا تُكَذِّبَانِ Which of the blessings of your Lord will you both deny? And both refers to who? Men and jinn, people and jinn. So the jinn are addressed in the Qur'an also. Now, it is said that al-jan, jim alif noon with a shadda on it, that's mentioned in the Qur'an, that is abul jinn, the father of jinn. Just as Adam alayhi salam was abul bashar, the father of human beings. So the first jinn was who? Jan. Alright? And Iblis is the father of the shayateen. He is the head of the shayateen, of the devils. Okay? And this shows to us that all jinn are not shayateen. All the jinn are not devils. Who is a devil? Who is a demon? An evil jinn. In the footsteps of Iblis. In Surah Al-Kahf, Ayah 80, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, أَفَتَتَّخِذُونَهُ وَذُرِّيَّتَهُ أَوْلِيَاءَ مِن دُونِي وَهُمْ لَكُمْ عَدُو Do you take him as an Iblis and his children? Meaning, shayateen who are his children, do you take them as friends besides me while they are to you enemy? So Iblis is who? The father of the shayateen. The jinn, they see us while we do not see them. They see us, they hear us, while we do not see them. We do not hear them. In Surah Al-A'raf, Ayah 27, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, إِنَّهُ يَرَاكُمْ هُوَ وَقَبِلُهُ مِنْ حَيْثُ لَا تَرَوْنَهُمْ he and his qabil, meaning his tribe. They see you, meaning the jinn, they see you from where you do not see them. Meaning they see you, but you do not see them. And what is the proof that they hear people? What is the proof of that? Yes? Okay, can you think of a verse of the Qur'an that tells us that the jinn heard a human being? Yes, the first ayah of the surah. 
The jinn heard, a group of the jinn heard the recitation of the Qur'an. Even in Surah Al-Ahqaf we learned that. Right? Al-Qur'an. They were listening attentively to the Qur'an. And we also learned that just as people are of different kinds, different tribes, different groups, different nations, jinn are also likewise. They are of nations and tribes, different groups. As in Surah Al-A'raf verse 27, Allah says, إِنَّهُ يَرَاكُمْ هُوَ وَقَبِيلُهُ His قَبِيل, His tribe. Which means that there are other tribes also. Where do the jinn live? Where do they live? On this earth. Right? On this earth. And this is not something that we should find strange because how many other creatures live on this earth? Many. Isn't it? So many different species. So many different kinds of khalq live upon this earth. From the biggest ones to the smallest ones. Isn't it? So the jinn also live upon the earth. And if they live upon the earth, that means they eat, they drink, even have their animals, they have lives, they live, so on and so forth. In Surah Al-Baqarah, Ayah 38, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, قُلْ نَهْبِطُوا مِنْهَا جَمِيعًا All of you get down from it. And all of you includes who? This was an address to who? Adam, Hawa, as well as Iblis. So this means that their home would be this earth. And in a narration we learned that once the Prophet ﷺ, he went to use the bathroom and he asked Abu Hurairah to bring him some rocks. Because of course, in a place like Arabia where water was scarce, very limited, people would, in order to clean themselves, not always have water available to them. So they would use rocks or mud or things like that. And he told him, that do not bring me bone. Do not bring me a bone or dung, meaning animal dung. So Abu Hurairah he asked the Prophet ﷺ that why not? Why not an old bone? Why not? And he said that they are food of the jinn. Bones, which people don't eat, they leave. They are food for who? For the jinn. So the jinn live upon the earth. They also go up to the skies. Right? They also go up to the skies. As we learn in the Quran that the jinn go up into the heavens in order to listen to the conversations of the angels. So they live upon the earth, but they also travel, they go up to the skies. And we see that in this surah, as well as in Surah Al-Ahqaf, where an account of the jinn is mentioned, we learn that a group of the jinn, they heard the recitation of the Quran and they were impressed by it. And they weren't just impressed by its sound or its words, but its content, and they believed in the Qur'an. Which shows that the jinn are able to tell the truth from falsehood. They are able to tell between right and wrong, good and evil. And just like any other creation, they possess many abilities, but they also have their limitations, because they are, after all, creation. They possess many abilities, they can travel fast, they can go up into the skies, fly, whatever, different things they can do, right? But they also have their limitations. And of course, there are amongst them those who are righteous, those who believe in Allah, those who surrender to Him, and those who are rebellious. And those who are rebellious, they also harm human beings. How? In their body, in their mind and in their property. So the jinn can do that. 
they have that ability to harm a human being in his mind, in his body, in his property. And this group of jinn is known as the shayateen. So we have been taught different ways of protecting ourselves against the shayateen, which inshallah we will look as we study the surah, inshallah. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Qul say, O Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, say, meaning tell people that uhiya ilayya, it was revealed to me. Meaning I have been informed through revelation. I didn't hear myself, I didn't see myself, I didn't witness this myself. Rather, Jibreel came and brought this wahi to me, informing me that annahu, that indeed he istama'a, he listened attentively. Who listened very attentively? Nafarun min al-jinn. A group of the jinn. What did they listen very attentively to? The Qur'an. As we can see from the last part of the ayah. فَقَالُوا And when they heard the Qur'an, they said, إِنَّا سَمِعْنَا Indeed we have heard Qur'anan ajaba. A Qur'an, a recitation that is ajab, that is amazing. The Prophet ﷺ is instructed in this ayah to tell people that he has been informed through revelation that a group of jinn heard the recitation of the Qur'an. And whatever they said, whatever their reaction was to that recitation, whatever their response was, that is mentioned in the following verses. Now, what do we see here? First of all, let's look at some of the words in this ayah. Istama'a. It's not just sami'a. Sami'a, to hear. He heard. But istama'a, he listened very attentively, very carefully. Paying attention to every single word and every single sound. Not just perceiving the sound, but also understanding it, reflecting upon it. So istama'a nafarun. Nafar from the root letters Noon Fara, we have done this word earlier as well. And the word Nafar is used for a group of people that are numbered somewhere between 3 and 10. So this group of jinn were also somewhere between 3 and 10 in their number. And they heard the Qur'an. So when they heard the Qur'an, what was their response? They went to their people and they said, إِنَّا سَمِعْنَا قُرْآنًا عَجَبًا We have heard an amazing recitation. We have heard an amazing Qur'an. Look at this word, عَجَب. عَيْن جِيمْبَا عَجَب is used for when a person wonders over something that he finds unique, something that he finds different. And ajab is used in two ways. One kind of ajab is to wonder out of istihsan, out of amazement. Meaning you like something. You're in awe of it. You cannot stop thinking about it because it really amazed you. So this is in a positive way. To marvel. And the other type of ajab as in to wonder out of inkar, out of denial. That no way, this cannot be possible. So when the jinn said, إِنَّا سَمِعْنَا قُرْآنًا عَجَبًا Which kind of ajab is this? The first one. That we have heard an amazing, marvelous Qur'an that has left us 
wondering and thinking and that has left us in complete awe. This group of jinn, this was their first encounter with the Qur'an. And what is it that they said? That this Qur'an is amazing. The sound of it, the words of it, the content, the meaning, the relevance, everything about this Qur'an is profound and amazing. إِنَّا سَمِعْنَا قُرْآنًا عَجَبًا Before we continue, when is it that this incident happened? When is it that the jinn heard the recitation of the Qur'an and they said, إِنَّا سَمِعْنَا قُرْآنًا عَجَبًا When we look at the seerah, the life of the Prophet ﷺ, we see that the jinn heard the recitation of the Qur'an at many occasions. Many occasions. But regarding this ayah, there is a narration in Sahih Bukhari by Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhu, in which we learn that the Prophet ﷺ, he set out with the intention of going to Suq Rukad. Meaning he went out in order to go to a particular marketplace along with some of his companions. And why would he do that? Because large crowds of people would assemble over there and he wanted to benefit from that opportunity and give da'wah, call people to Islam. So around the same time, Ibn Abbas said that a barrier was put between the devils and the news of the heaven. We have learned this in the Qur'an that the shayateen, they go up to the skies in order to hear the conversations of the angels. So at this time what had happened was that there was a barrier, meaning they weren't able to go up. And if they did, what would happen? They would be pelted by flames. So they knew that something strange was going on. Fire would be thrown at them. So these shayateen or the jinn, they went to their people who asked them that what is wrong with you? Meaning why aren't you bringing us news anymore? And they said a barrier has been placed between us and the news of the heaven. And fire has been thrown at us. They said, the thing which has put a barrier between you and the news of the heaven must be something which has happened recently. So go east and go west, meaning in the earth, go everywhere, and see what is it that has put a barrier between you and the news of the heaven, meaning what's going on on the earth? What is it that's happening? So those who went towards Tihama came across the Prophet ﷺ at a place called Nakhla. And this was on the way to Suq Rukad. So you see how the jinn are searching. They're on their way to a particular area. And what happened? The Prophet ﷺ at the same time is on his way to the marketplace. Alright? And the Prophet ﷺ at that time was offering the Fajr prayer with his companions. So in Salatul Fajr, the Prophet ﷺ was reciting the Qur'an loudly. Salatul Jahr, right? So the jinn heard the recitation. And they stopped and listened to it. And they said, By Allah, this is the thing which has put a barrier between us and the news of the heaven. So they went to their people and they said, O oh, our people, Inna sami'na Qur'anan ajaba." We have heard a wonderful recitation. And the following verses. That this Qur'an, what does it do? It guides to that which is the right course. And we have believed in it. 
And now we will never associate any partner with our Lord. So in other words, when they heard the recitation of the Qur'an, they not only understood the message of the Qur'an, they believed in it and they went to their people and they conveyed it. They conveyed the message to their people also. So this is the particular incident about which these verses were revealed. Because the Prophet ﷺ was unaware. He didn't know that a group of jinn were listening to him, and that they had believed, and that they had been doing da'wah. He didn't know. So the surah was revealed informing the Prophet ﷺ of what had happened. So قُلْ and he wasn't just informed. Rather this was made a part of the Qur'an so that the Prophet ﷺ would recite it to the people. And this would be recited until the end of time. And people would learn from this. Now in Surah Al-Ahqaf also, something similar is mentioned. Right? وَإِذْ صَرَفْنَا إِلَيْكَ نَفَرٌ مِنَ الْجِنِّ But remember that that was at a different occasion. That was when? When the Prophet ﷺ was returning from Ta'if. Right? And remember that those jinn, who were they? It is said that they were Ahlul Kitab. Because they mentioned the book of Musa salam. So that was a different group of jinn. And this is a different group of jinn. And we learn that when we look at the seerah, we see that there were at least six different occasions when the jinn either heard the Qur'an or the Prophet ﷺ met them and recited the Qur'an to them. And there is a particular incident which is known as Laylatul Jinn, the night of the jinn. Meaning the night in which the Prophet ﷺ, he taught the jinn, he recited the Qur'an to them in order to teach them. There is a narration in At-Tirmidhi, in which we learn that someone asked Ibn Mas'ud anhu that did any one of you accompany the Prophet ﷺ on the night of the jinn? Meaning, did any of the companions go with the Prophet ﷺ when he went to teach the Qur'an to the jinn? And Ibn Mas'ud who said that none of us accompanied him. In fact, what happened is that one night while he was in Mecca, we couldn't find him anywhere. We couldn't find him anywhere. So the Sahaba, they were looking for him. And they said that we thought that the Prophet ﷺ had been killed or he had been kidnapped because we couldn't find him. So we spent the worst night a people could spend until the morning. And he said that when it was Fajr time, we saw him coming from the direction of Hira, a particular mountain. And he said that when the Prophet ﷺ came, we told him, where were you? We were looking for you. We were worried for you. And he said, someone from the jinn came to invite me. So I went to them to recite the Qur'an. I went to teach them the Qur'an. Any idea which part of the Qur'an the Prophet ﷺ recited at that occasion? Surah Al-Rahman. Because in another narration we learned the Prophet ﷺ said that لَقَدْ قَرَأْتُهَا عَلَى الْجِنِّ لَيْلَةَ الْجِنِّ I recited Surah Al-Rahman for the jinn on Laylatul Jinn. I recited this surah to them. So from all of this we see that there wasn't just one occasion where the jinn heard the recitation of the Qur'an, or there wasn't just one occasion where the Prophet ﷺ recited the Qur'an to them, for them, in order to teach them. There were many occasions. But what is mentioned over here is something that happened very early, very early in the prophethood of Muhammad ﷺ. Because remember that when the revelation began, it is then that the access for the jinn was 
prevented. They couldn't go up to the heavens. So they started their search immediately. And they came across the Prophet ﷺ and they heard his recitation. And when they heard it, they said, فَقَالُوا إِنَّا سَمِعْنَا قُرْآنًا عَجَبًا We heard an amazing Qur'an. What was their review? You know, people hear things or they see things or they read things, they visit places and they write reviews. They share their reviews. What was the jinn's review of what they heard of the Qur'an? They said, Yahdi, it guides ila rushdi to the right course. What we have heard, this Qur'an, it guides to ar-rushd. What is ar-rushd? Right and sensible conduct. You see, one is hidayah. What is hidayah? Guidance to the right path. And rushd is when a person has obtained hidayah, meaning he is guided. He is upon guidance. Not such that he just knows about what guidance is, but that he has accepted it. He's made it a part of his life. Exactly. He's internalized it. So they said that the Qur'an guides to a rushd meaning that the Qur'an transforms a person. It changes a person. And it guides to only that which is good and beneficial for people in this world and in the hereafter. Something that will rectify their worldly affairs, their religious affairs, every kind of affair, it will rectify it for them. This is what the Qur'an is. وَلَن نُشْرِكَ And they said, we will never associate بِرَبِّنَا with our Lord أَحَدَا anyone. We will not associate even one person, one being with our Lord. Meaning we will not do shirk at all. We will worship only Allah. One encounter with the Qur'an. And they understood what the Qur'an is and what the message of the Qur'an is. What is the Qur'an? It guides to what is best. And what is the message of the Qur'an? Tawheed. Because they said, لَن نُشْرِكَ بِرَبِّنَا أَحَدًا We're never going to associate any partner with our Lord, any one with our Lord. So they understood the content of the Qur'an. They understood the essence of Islam. And they didn't just understand it and accept it. They went to their people and conveyed it. What does this show? What kind of jinn were they? Okay, mukhlis, sincere, seeking, searching for the truth. What else? Were they intelligent? Yes, they were. In the previous surah, Surah Nuh, we learned about how Prophet Nuh called his people to the truth. For how long? How many years? 950 years. How did he call them? How did he invite them? What did he say? That, إِنِّي دَعَوْتُ قَوْمِ لَيْلًا وَنَهَارًا By night and by day. But every time he went to them, they put their fingers in their ears, they covered themselves up. So what did Nuh do? He, إِنِّي دَعَوْتُهُمْ jihara. He called out to them loudly, privately and openly. Isn't it? But what happened? Did they believe? No. Even though the messenger was right in front of them. No, they didn't. Here we see the jinn, one encounter. And they didn't even speak to the Prophet ﷺ over here. They just came, silently heard the Qur'an and went away. And the Prophet ﷺ had no idea 
He didn't know. So this shows to us the intelligence of the jinn. وَأَنَّهُ And that indeed, from this ayah onwards, you will see that every ayah begins with anna. And this is because the jinn are telling this to their people. So the first thing they told their people is that we heard an amazing recitation. And this recitation, it guides to the right guidance. And from this day onwards, we're never doing any shirk. We're never associating any partner with Allah. And the Qur'an also teaches, so annahu, and it, and indeed it, meaning and the Qur'an also teaches, that ta'ala jaddu rabbina. Ta'ala, it is exalted. Ta'ala from ulu, we say Allahu ta'ala. Meaning Allah, He is exalted. Hmm? Subhanahu wa ta'ala. So ta'ala is a verb. Alright? So ta'ala, it is exalted. What is exalted? What is high? The jadd of Rabbina. The jadd of our Lord is ta'ala. What is jadd? Jad, jim dal dal, glory, nobility, majesty, greatness, sovereignty, power. Basically the word jad is from jim dal dal. Actually the word jad or jadda is used for who? Grandparents. Right? Why? Because of their position in the family. Right? What's their position? They are boss. That's it. Whatever the grandparents say, Khalas, it's done. So, Jad is a noun and it's used for sovereignty, majesty, greatness. So, وَأَنَّهُ تَعَالَى جَدُّ رَبِّنَا What we have learned from the Qur'an is that the glory of our Lord is indeed exalted. It's very high. Meaning that our Lord is the highest of the high. There is no one above Him. No one similar to Him. No one even close to Him. He's so grand that no one even reaches close to Him in their ability or power. Nowhere even near Him. Ta'ala jaddu rabbina. No matter how high or great someone is, our Lord Allah is even higher, even greater. What did they learn from the Qur'an? And as we learn this, as we discuss this, let's analyze ourselves. We are on the 29th juz. Let's ask ourselves, what have I learned from the Qur'an? The jinn learned from the Qur'an that Allah is great. Very great. Always great. Greater than everybody and anybody in every way. Ta'ala jaddu rabbina. Mattakhada, he has not taken Sahibatan, a companion, a female companion. And the word Sahiba is used specifically for a wife. Our Lord has not taken a wife, wala walada, nor any child. Because who is it that needs a wife? Who? The one who's incomplete without a wife. Isn't it? You know, like people will say, it's about time you get married. Why? You're lonely. You need a companion. Right? You need a partner. You need to start a family. You're getting older day by day, year after year. So who needs a spouse, a partner, a child? The one who is incomplete. The one who is dependent. Allah, our Lord, 
تعالى جد ربنا He is independent of everyone So much so that he does not even need a spouse or a child مَتَّخَذَ صَاحِبَةً وَلَا وَلَدًا Now the jinn specifically negated a spouse and child from Allah. Any reason behind that? We learn in Surah Safat, Ayah 158, that the mushrikeen in their false beliefs about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and about the creation of Allah, what they did is that they established a link between Allah and the jinn. Just as they did with the angels. So we learn in Surah Safat 158, that وَجَعْلُوا بَيْنَهُ وَبَيْنَ الْجِنَّةِ نَسَبًا that they have made a nasab, a relationship between Allah and the jinn. And what is that? That they said that jinn is the sahiba and malaika are the banat. Mattakhada sahibatan wala walada. What a lie this is. The jinn say, our Lord is exalted. He doesn't need a spouse. He doesn't need a child. He is independent of everyone. 